That was good. Thank you, worship team. I don't know a lot of churches that you are going to get that spread of music on any given Sunday morning. And, and I love it. I love the fact that, that it, because it, it, it doesn't matter the generation. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't care about the beat. I don't care about the rhythm. I don't care about the electric guitars, no guitars, no instruments, instruments. As long as we're singing about Jesus and who he is and how great he is and how much he loves us and how much we love him, it's all good. It is all good. <laughs> Amen. Um, oh, I guess I'm supposed to do announcements. Uh, <laughs> a couple of quick announcements before we jump into our, our message today. Um, let's see. We've got uh, this week... Uh, we have a ladies' event. Ladies, uh, we want to invite you to join us for Putt-Putt. It's going to be at the Westerville Golf Center. Um, I believe it's Saturday. Um, it'll be a great time. Um, even if you're, you're not super into Putt-Putt, um, hopefully you're into friends and making friends. Uh, so I encourage you to, to, to join the ladies if you're a lady. Um, you can find out more information about all our events at christianassembly.com. Um, slash events, or if you go to the homepage and just click on uh, events, you can you can see uh, all the details you need, the times, and all that for all for all the upcoming things. Um, July, let's see, I believe it's the sixteenth. Um, uh, we're here on on the premises. Our youth are doing um, Amazing Race, their version of Amazing Race. They've done that for a number of years. It's a it's just a great time to to get crazy and and run around. Um, and, and just enjoy each other and, 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 and celebrate, uh, celebrate community. So I encourage you, if you're uh, middle or high school, make sure you sign up and, and, and head to that. And then also we, on the 26th, I believe it is, maybe the 23rd, um, whatever that Saturday is, uh, we have our, our, our guys, uh, guys with coffee. We're, we're, we're going to come here to the church again. If you've been, you know, it's just a great time of, of community. We, we share life. We, we, of course, drink coffee um, as required in any spiritual gathering. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we get a chance to pray for each other and, and we look at the word together. It's, it's just a great time. Of, of, of community and, and, and fellowship. So I encourage you to take, take advantage of those. Um, put those on your calendar. Uh, it's important that, that we get together. It's, it, that's next week's message. But uh, <laughs> community matters. Being devoted to having fellowship is not just something we do because it's, it's a nice thing to do. It is, uh, it is a, a, an essential part of our development and a part of our worship and a part of our following Jesus is connecting and creating relationships with each other. So I encourage you to, to take having fun together very seriously. It's something that we need to do. All right? Um, uh, amen. All right, we're going to jump into our message. If you've been here um, for, for uh, the last few weeks, you, you know we've been in the, the, the book of Acts. We started a series, uh, I think it was three weeks ago. Um, on, on this book, it's, it's, it's been a, a great, great time to just dig into to the birth of the church. Acts is the story. It's written by Luke. Um, it's the story of how, how we, <laughs> kind of how we ended up sitting in these chairs this morning. 
Um, it's, it's how the church was born. And, and we looked at the first week, we saw how, how it started the preparation for this new, this launch, this eruption that, that Jesus orchestrated. Um, last week, we looked at how uh, the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us and, and empowered the first church in Acts 2 and the, the day of Pentecost. And, um, and those in the upper room that, that immediately were given the power to do, do the work of the ministry. And today we're, gonna, we're just going to pick up where we left off last week. And that is we see that that, the, that that power, that Holy Spirit power that came on them, came on them. The power was for a purpose. And we see that that immediately begins to take effect as, as the disciples, uh, the Holy Spirit kind of orchestrates this, this uh, commotion, <laughs> if you will, in the city. And people begin to notice and, and, and it, it creates uh, an opportunity for the gospel, for Jesus to be revealed. You know, as disciples of Jesus, each and every one of us is granted this, this great privilege and this responsibility of being a steward of the gospel. Um, we, we say it a lot of different ways. It's, it's, it's so, it, you know, it's funny that the, the more uh, important something is to a, to a community or to, to an organization or whatever, the more you talk about it, um, the harder it is to keep that thing um, intentional or, or, or not you know, it becomes cliche, right? And, and this happens, I think, with, with the gospel in the church because out of a, out, uh, rightly, we try to focus on it so much. It's, it's hard for those things to not, not become white noise, you know? It's like when you're a kid and your mom tells you to clean your room. You know, eventually you just develop the ability to not hear that um, because it's just constant. And you constantly hear it and eventually you just learn to tune it out. Um, and so my prayer today is that, that as we read this, uh, read our text, that, that the Lord would stir back up, call our attention back to this, this reality of the gospel. Um, we talk about it in a lot of different ways. We use a lot of different phrases um, to spread the good news of Jesus, to share the gospel, to, to witness, um, to share Jesus, we say sometimes. Uh, organizationally, a lot of times, we, we refer to it as evangelism. Um, we hear these terms a lot, but, but what are we talking about? Because really, they all kind of come from, you know, grammatically, uh, the, the roots, the etymology, whatever you want to call it. It's all really got the same, the same root. It all comes from a, a phrase, a Greek word, um, that is uh, euangelion. Okay? It's, uh, you don't need to remember that, but some of us like like being nerdy, um, but it's euangelion. What it was was they're actually taking, you know, the Bible was written in a certain context, a certain culture, and a lot of the terms that we now see as very churchy were not when they were first used, right? They were using like regular words that everybody used, and this idea of euangelion, it, it, it literally translates good tidings or good news. It was, it was the term that they used when a, a, specifically when a royal announcement was made. When the king, because, you know, they didn't have Twitter and, and you know, the 6 o'clock news and all these things. When the king uh, or there was some sort of major, major news, they would send out ambassadors, writers with edicts. And a lot of times it was written down and had the official seal, so you knew it was 
really from the king or whatever, and they would ride out to all the different cities, and they would, their job was to declare this news, this good news. Now, sometimes, you know, they call it a good news, but sometimes the news was the king is dead. Um, so I guess depending on how you felt about the king, that may not be um, beneficial news. But that's, the, that's kind of what we're talking about. When we talk about the, the gospel in its original uh, understanding, the term that they used to talk about it, it was that level of importance. It was, it was the big, biggest life-changing news that you could imagine. And it was a, it was a, a, a piece of news that everybody needed to hear. That's where the, the idea of the gospel comes from. That's why they, they named it that. And today we're going to be looking at, at uh, so last week, if you remember, um, the Holy Spirit falls and everybody that's in the upper room starts speaking in other languages. And the, they, they, they pour out into the streets and, and, and the city at this time is just filled with people from all over the, the world that were gathered in Jerusalem for, for Pentecost for this big festival. And, and, and all these people from all over the world were hearing the, the disciples and the, and the others that were in the upper room speak to them in their own languages. And it was, it was jarring because these, the, the, you know, it was... It was people speaking in their own language, but they could tell that these were not, these were not people from their hometowns. These were clearly, um, it says at one point, he said, they knew that these were not educated, well-educated people. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we don't know for sure, but I imagine maybe it was their dialect. You know, they were still speaking with the, 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 the twang that they had from their own, you know, their own Jerusalem. Imagine... Imagine like going somewhere, you know, you're, you're taking a pill, you're, you're from France, and you come to, to you know, Texas, and uh, you walk into a, a barbecue place to get some barbecue, and some guy there walks up to you and starts speaking French fluently, but with a Texas draw. Like, that would be a weird thing. That would, that would, that would draw your attention, and that's kind of what we see here in this moment, um, and it grabs their attention, and everybody's like, what is going on? And we see in that moment the first really true gospel message, the first sermon of the first church. Peter gets up and, and, and explains what's going on. And so today what I want to do is take this, this sermon. We're going to read through um, Peter's message to that crowd that day. And um, we're going to look at what, what is the gospel message. Specifically, we're going to look, look at the elements that we need to understand and how we apply them to us in our call to be witnesses, to be stewards of this gospel. Um, we are not looking today for a formula there is, and as you'll see once we get into these elements, that the gospel is, is the word of God. It is the story. It is who Jesus is and who he is to, to us as individuals. It is, it is individualistic and it is universal. And it, 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 it's not formulaic in that there's, not, there's, there's definitely some wrong ways to do it, but there's not one right way to do it. 
There are important elements to it. And that's really what we're going to look for today. What are some of the, what are some of the, the guideposts, the, the core things that when we're talking about being a witness, when we're talking about sharing Jesus with those around us, what are some of the things that we should have on our mind? What are some of the things that we should, should be looking for? What are the, some of the things that we should try and, and, and make sure that we are implementing into those conversations? So we have a good, uh, a stronger, my hope is we leave here today with a better perspective of what it looks like to share the gospel, to talk about Jesus with others than maybe when we, we came in this morning. Let's just pray before we jump into this. Jesus, we, we, we thank you, God, we recognize that you are already present here. God, we know that you were here before we woke up this morning. God, we, we just thank you again for, for letting your presence be known, giving us the, the ability to sense you this morning as we, 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 we worship you. God, as we look at your word, God, we open our hearts and our minds. We ask that you would, you would show us individually, each one of us, Holy Spirit, would you, would you begin to stir up in us the, the, the faith and the courage and the eyes to see the seed of the gospel that you've planted in us and the people that you've placed in our lives that we need to deposit. We have the opportunity, that the privilege, and the responsibility to, to start pursuing depositing that seed into them. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Um, first thing before we go into this, uh, before we get into the verse, a couple of just general things that that. that I think will, are helpful for us to think when help us contextualize uh, the, this message as we as we go. Um, preaching the gospel isn't restricted, or even primarily talking about public speaking or talking to strangers. Um, it's real easy, uh, especially because we're going to be looking at a public you know, a public sermon to a bunch of strangers to kind of say, well, you know, preaching, when we talk about preaching, when we talk about sharing the gospel, it's, that's for, you know, people who know how to do that and they do it to a large crowd and, you know, um, most people, most people, they say, uh, you know, the, the, the number one fear in life is public speaking and uh, number two is death, um, so I'm sure you, many of you have heard the joke, the average person would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy at, a, at any given funeral. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. Preaching the gospel is not, not just what, what I'm, I'm doing right here. Um, I would dare say that the gospel is most often received within the confines of an existing relationship. If you go to Barna or any of the, the church research, the, spirit, the people who track these sort of things, um, Leonard Sweet has a book called Nudge. Um, if you're interested in, in kind of doing a deeper dive on this about how the, the truth is that the vast majority of people that come to know Jesus come to know him through a relationship that was already established. And that qualifies all of us because all of us have relationships. All of us, well, maybe there's one or two of us that are just afraid to talk to literally anybody, but most of us 
can, can, can have, a, have conversations with people. Most of us are not afraid to talk to a, a, a person, an individual, or, or a small group. Um, and that's really where we see the, the power of the gospel most often being, being, um, being realized. Jesus, even Jesus himself, you know, he, he, we have a record of a lot of his big preaching, right? Sermon on the Mount, all these things. We, we study them. They're, 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 they're great. Um, but if you track Jesus' um, strategy for growing and expanding the kingdom and starting the church, his most impactful teaching wasn't on the hillside preaching the Sermon on the Mount. It was around the campfire talking to his disciples. It was having a conversation with Zacchaeus in the street. It was meeting with people in their homes and having dinners with people that would never go to the temple. This is the model that Jesus, the one we're trying to be like, shows us that Preaching the gospel is not just about standing up in front of a bunch of people. It's about sharing who he is with the people that you already have relationship with. So as we look at Peter's message today uh, and look into these elements that make up his sermon, I want to encourage us to try and imagine how that element, each of these elements could be applied in, in a conversation or a relationship that you already have. That is already existing. Um, and so let's just, we're just going to jump in. We'll just kind of bounce back. I'm just going to read a, a portion of text and then we'll, we'll talk about it and then we'll just keep going like that for a bit. Um, if you have your Bibles, want to open them um, or turn them on, whichever the case may be, um, <laughs> we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 14. Remember, this is, this is the, 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 the people in the upper room have just come out, and they've, they've started speaking all these languages, and the people are, are, uh, are astonished by it. Some, it says some are amazed, and some of them, some of them are, are kind of dismissive, and they go, all these people must be drunk. And here, and then in verse 14, Peter kind of steps forward, and, and, and off we go. It says, verse 14, then Peter stepped forward, and in with the eleven other apostles, and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about it. These people are not drunk as you are assuming. It's nine o'clock in the morning and much too early for that. I love that phrase. He's not, he, doesn't get all, you know, he doesn't get all high and mighty like, We would never get drunk and have alcohol. He's just like, It's too early. Come on, it's nine o'clock. Let's just cut that out. That's not what's going on here. Verse 15 says, These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for that. Verse 16, No, what you're seeing was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your older men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, which... Some people would not have been real happy that he was emphasizing that, um, given their, their culture, but there you go, he did. Um, Men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and the signs on earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn to blood 
read before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This first part gives us a clue as to when we should share the gospel. We rec- it's when we recognize the Holy Spirit is working. There was this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that caused this, this dramatic ability in these people, and the, the crowd noticed. And so th- there was this obvious sign that the Holy Spirit was at work. Listen, sharing the gospel is always a product of the Holy Spirit's work in, ex- in, ex- in advancement of that moment. And this is really good news for us, that... that why, yes, we, while the Spirit of God lives in us and we bring the, the, the kingdom wherever we go, it is not on us to actually initiate the moment. That the Holy Spirit will go before us and is going before us to prepare those moments. And it is our job, as Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Or saying is to, to have eyes to see and an obedient heart that's willing to step in and partner with Jesus in the work that he's already doing. Sharing the gospel is always a product of the Holy Spirit's advanced movement. And this could be happening in a couple of different ways or many different ways. It could be a response to witnessing uh, a demonstration of the kingdom like, like we see in Acts 2 where, where the Holy Spirit is doing something crazy. This is um, when, when you see people, you know, when that is, this is a good example of, of healing services or, or a time where God performs a miracle. The purpose, the primary purpose of those miracles is so that God's glory is revealed and so that attention is given to his son and to create an opportunity for people to recognize and be open to the gospel. That's a, that's a common and an, one of the important ways that, that the Holy Spirit works, but it's not the only way. Sometimes an issue has arisen in the person's life that the Lord is going to use to make them hungry or at least aware of their need for something more. A relationship goes bad, a work thing illness, whatever. The Holy Spirit will use these moments sometimes to to highlight in somebody's life the the need for something else. And we can step in and help answer that question, that longing. One of the things I think that holds us back sometimes is we are, we, 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 Get too focused on trying to discern if God is working in a person's life. Because yes, I just said we, the gospel should go out only when the Holy Spirit is working. But here's the thing. The truth is that Jesus is passionately pursuing everyone, every opportunity he gets. We are just joining in the, the pursuit. Our, our default position should be that if we have an urge, if we have a sense, if we, if we have a thought... That, that God might be opening a door. If we see in a conversation there is a gap that I could maybe start a conversation that introduces Jesus into this, conversa- into this conversation, our default should be that we should take it. Because between the enemy doing everything in his power to distract you and stop you 
and our own flesh and our own securities being hesitant to do that, the fact that you are even thinking it should be a good confirmation that God's up to something. I would suggest that you go for it. Every opportunity that you recognize, just the recognition should be a confirmation to you that, yes, God, you, I, I, I think you're in this moment. Let me, let me take a risk and, and, and go deeper and pursue this, this conversation and see if, see if you have something extraordinary to do in this moment. And then in addition to that, we have standing orders, right? Matthew 28, go and make disciples. He didn't just say, go and make disciples, and um, there are certain ones that I will, you know, there'll be a red arrow over their head as you're walking around, and just look for the red arrows, and just talk to those people. No, he says, go and make disciples. Jesus has commissioned us, and promises us the power and that he will go with us as we make disciples. We have, we have carte blanche to share the gospel. Not everybody's going to accept. Some people, as we get further on in Acts, you see some people will really not accept. Um, but that doesn't change our, our commission, that we are to share the gospel. It's the win. Now, if the first part helps us with the win, this next section, I think, gives us, gives us the what. And this is, this is, if there's one part that's probably like, you know, if you had to prioritize them, this is the most important. If you don't get this, if we don't get this part right, then the whole thing falls apart. It's the what of the gospel. Verse 22, Peter says, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was to carry out when, was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Not a seeker-friendly message. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep his grip on him. What is the gospel? The gospel is the mission and work of Jesus clearly explained. That God came as man to this earth, lived, showed us what the kingdom of God is, died at our hands, forgave us, resurrected and went back to be with him, and someday he is coming back again. That is the what of the gospel. And if we miss those steps, if, if this, this right here is our orthodoxy. This is the part, if you're, you know, we, there's a lot of different denominations and churches and cults, whatever, out there. This is our line in the sand. You can't mess with that, that part of the story. All right. This is this is what we hold dear. This is what we will die for. This is what we live for. The work of Jesus, his sacrifice, his forgiveness, and his promise to return. That is the what of the gospel. And there's another part in here I just want to highlight because we'll, you'll see it again later because it's an important part and it's a part that. 
I would say of all the gospel, of all the, the part of the gospel message, it's probably the part that we at least currently struggle with the most is we see in here an, a crucial, essential part of presenting the gospel is an honest indictment of a person's soul. An honest indictment. You know, Peter is sharing the gospel. He's sharing the, the, it's the good news, right? But, but he, he includes in here, not, and not just hides it, this part where, with the help of lawless Gentiles, which would have been a group of people that, that the people he's talking to would never want to be associated with. You nailed him to a cross and killed him. He puts the blame for Jesus' death on the crowd he is trying to witness. Unfortunately, there's a lot of current um, thought in the church that this is something that we need to make sure that we avoid. Right? We don't, we don't want to shame people. And that's true. We, we don't need, we, we, we don't want to intentionally try and shame people into the gospel. That doesn't work. But we have to be honest. You can't come to the cross any other way but on your knees. Because the whole point of the cross is that you don't deserve it. And if we don't, if we don't preach a message, if we don't help people understand that there is a deep need in them that they can't pay for, they didn't earn, they don't deserve, then you're going to come to that cross all backwards. It's going to be this this business transaction, you know, this, this NFL uh, trade or NBA, you know, NBA's in the middle of their, their trades and everybody's moving teams and I'll give you this guy for four draft picks. It becomes like that where, you know, I'm going to come to Jesus and he's going to give me the, all this stuff and it's going to, you know, going to be a win-win. No, no, no. The gospel is not a win-win. It was a lose-win. He lost and we win. There's nothing that we bring to the table that God goes, thank God I have that now. Thank me. <laughs> right? We have to be honest. It starts, a part of the gospel is helping people recognize that there is, a, there, is, there is something within them that is missing. That there is a deficit that only the God of heaven can fill. And you know what? That is part of the good news. That is part of the good news, because how horrible would it be to not have Jesus, to not have God, to have this hole, this gaping hole in your heart, and the message is, hey, come serve Jesus, deny yourself, follow him, because you're so great. To deny the fact that there is this thing that's missing inside me, to deny the fact that, that I am broken and I am fleshy and I am corrupted and to just soft soap that and say, no, you're great. That's not good news. That's not good news. The good news is, the good news is you're a mess. Because if you tell me before I know Jesus outside of the cross that how I am is good, what am I pursuing? And how miserable is that? That there is no hope, there is no future, there is nothing different on the other side of the cross. 
And so even in, even in the honest indictment, now this is, a hard, this is a hard part for us as believers to acknowledge for a couple reasons. One, I think, is um, we see it done by people who are not doing it at times out of love and compassion and seeing it as an act of love and the truth. Right? We've seen, we've seen where it, it, it's, it's all indictment. It's all shame. It's all condemnation. And it's out of a, a, a pride. It's a, I'm up here and you're down there and come up to me. No. But we can't let that, that negative or that misuse of the gospel be an excuse for us to misuse the gospel by ignoring that part of it. Because people out there in their heart of hearts, when you, don't, when you don't know God, when you're disconnected from him, there is a disconnection. There is something inside of you that knows that there is something that is missing. Especially when they see your life, when your life is being lived like Jesus, when you have connection with Jesus, when you have the peace that passes understanding, and when you're putting on the, the belt of truth and you're walking through situations in a way that they don't understand because this thing happened to you and that thing happened to you and we both just lost our jobs, how are you not falling apart? Let me tell you. My life is not my own. I know this, is, this is a difficult time, but I know I have a Father in heaven that loves me and is going to walk with me through this moment. Who's with you? <laughs> so that's the, that's the what. That's the what we have to offer people. And it doesn't, in, it doesn't include a business deal. Hey, if you, if, you, if you act now, you get Jesus, and we're going to throw in better job and a new car and that's not that's not in in here I'm sorry <laughs> so we've we've done the when and we've done we've, we've seen in here the, the what um, then Peter gives us an, a great example of, of the how and this one's a little a little more abstract but just try and stay with me um, uh, verse 25, Peter continues, he says, King David, now remember, we're, his audience is a Jewish people, right? They're all here. to. Uh, these are pilgrims and Jews that live in Jerusalem that are here for a Jewish feast. That's, that's who he's talking to. He says, verse 25, King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises my body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. And you have shown me the way of life and will fill me with the joy of your presence. That was a quote. And uh, Peter's quoting David in, in Psalms. And he says, Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself. For he died and was buried. And his tomb is still there, still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. 
David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead and that we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven and at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, another little reminder, (laughs) to be both Lord and Messiah. So how, and it's, it's, this is a tricky one, how, how do we present the message? We present the message to a specific group in a specific way. He was talking to Jews who needed to understand Jesus in the light of their own history. And when we're sharing the gospel, we need to find the part of Jesus that connects with the person where the person is, using words and examples that make sense to them. You know, so much sometimes we, we, we see these examples or we, we, we read these sermons, in the, especially in, in, in Acts and, you know, with Jesus, and it's so steeped in, in um, you know, the history of Israel. And which is phenomenal. And there's so much depth there. And I, I love studying the Old Testament. I love finding those connections. We as believers for our own enrichment, we should, we should do that. And there are certainly times where that is apropos to, to draw those connections. But the primary reason that was done in the early church was because that was the audience. That was the history that they were, that they were dealing with, that they were trying to, in some cases, overcome with the gospel. When we are sharing Jesus with our, with our friends, with our coworkers, with our family, the gospel is it, it, it's alive, it's active, it, it, it should be presented in a way, we should have conversations in a way that is, is germane to who they are and what they're going through. Not that we change the what. That's unchangeable, that's off limits, right? But the how, there is so much room. There's so much room. There's so many scriptures and stories and aspects of who God is, right? He's so huge. He's got so many sides to him. And so when we're, we're praying about, when we're thinking about, when we find ourselves in conversations, one of the stories we need to be, or questions we need to be asking ourselves or things we need to be asking the Holy Spirit to show us is, God, what part of you does this person need to see? What part of who you are is going to help them see you? Because we're all just looking at little parts of Jesus, right? None of us have the full picture. You know, I love the story when we talk about like who God is and, and the church in general. I, I love the image. It's like the most accurate thing I've, I, I've heard is a lot of times in the church, it's like, a bunch of, it's like a bunch of people all blindfolded touching an elephant. 
It sounds weird, but touching different parts of the element, right? elephant. And one's got the tail in the back, and one's touching the trunk, and the other's touching the leg, and one's touching the side. And there's two ways that this, this can happen. Those people touching that elephant can either share what they've known about, what they've learned about this, this elephant. Oh, it's, the part I'm touching is, is tufty, and it's long and skinny, and it moves around, and well, the part I got, you know, it's, it's like a tree trunk and it goes up a little bit and it moves and it's got these hard things at the bottom and on and on and on. That's one way we can have church. It's one way we can do community. The other way is we can all argue about who's right. The elephant's long and sk- it's fat and it's like a tree trunk. No, it's not. It's long and it's skinny and it moves. It's got a big hole in the end. No, he's not. It's round, and it's like this, and it's thin, and it flat. it's real flappy. Because there's so many parts to who Jesus is. And my prayer is for this community that we learn to be a group that learns to learn from each other about the parts of Jesus that maybe we haven't, we haven't experienced that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know God as that, but that is awesome. I don't know what it's like. It's like, is anybody, anybody like, uh, God speaks to some people in dreams. He just does. Not everybody, but some people. And <laughs> I've always been, been kind of jealous of that. I think that's so cool. And I can, I, have, I can choose to appreciate that and acknowledge that that's legitimate, but I don't, I never remember my dreams, ever. I just, I just don't. Like, I just, I don't know why. I just, I, I fall asleep and then I wake up. That's, there's nothing in between. <laughs> I know they say you dream of that. I don't remember any of them. Um, I can look at that and go, well, that can't be right. I have, there's nothing in my experience that says that's right. You know, and I can go to scripture and try and, try and prove my, my experience to be the correct one. Or I can, with humility, go, you know what? That, that's, not, that's not what I know of, of, of God. But I can, see, I, can see, I can see that in Scripture. I can see where, where that, is, that is permissible, that is a part of, of the way God is expressing himself at times. I've gotten a bit off track. My apologies. But that is, this is the how of the gospel. That we, we take the parts of Jesus that we know and we, we, we love on people and we get to know people and we connect with people and then we make a match. What, what, what part of Jesus does this person need to, need to hear in this moment? It's a specific message to a specific group of people. And when we do that, when we, when we present the gospel in a way that connects, in a what that is, is full, in, in partnership with the Holy Spirit that has already been working in the moment, many of the times, not all the time, but a lot of time, 
we will have the opportunity to partner with Jesus with what, what Peter saw in this moment. And again, it wasn't the whole crowd, but it was a chunk of the crowd. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? See, when the gospel is, 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 is given well and the heart is open and receptive, the natural response is to ask for a response. What do I, what do, I do? I have to do, okay, what, just tell me what, they're open. Okay, now what? And so the gospel, this is our, our, final, our final element of the gospel, is that the gospel always ends when there's, a, when there's an interest. Obviously, we're not forcing this on people. But the full gospel message ends in an invitation to repentance, belief, and inclusion. That is the, that is the goal of, of the gospel, is, is to bring people to a place, to a choice, where they can step into this new life. And that includes repenting of the old one, acknowledging that there is a lack, that I am a sinner, that there is something broken in me that, that only Jesus can fill. There is a belief that Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he said he, he did. And not only that, that they are included, they are now going to join into the family of God. You know, in, in, in Acts, one of the interesting things is there's this thing in modern church culture where... Uh, and I understand where it comes from, and it, 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 I get it. Uh, where we, out of a, I think it's a genuine desire not to be just all about numbers and all about, you know, just trying to, to grow the church, you know, grow your church and make it more successful in a, in a fleshly way. Um, we, we, we diminish, we've almost gotten to a point where we like diminish, like I want to I get people saved, but, but I don't know about inviting them to church. So the problem with that is when we look at when the church in Acts, which when it comes to like the church, it's one of the best books to look at, um, that's like the only number they really counted. You'll notice it says in verse 41, it says, those who believed what Peter said was, were baptized and added to the church. About 3,000 in all. Because coming to Jesus is being born into a family. It's, it's you know, just like you when you were first saved. Um, there was a whole lot more you needed, right? You're just a baby. You're just an infant in Jesus. And, and, and how, how cruel would it be? You know, we don't do this with our, our natural kids. Right? We don't, you don't have a kid and then just like leave him in the backyard or leave him at the hospital till he's till he's grown and you know learns to drive and drives himself home. Like, no. That's that's part of the process. It's 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 now can you can you be saved and not go to church? Of course. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that this is 
an essential element of the development, the, the being born into the life of Christ is being a part of his life, and part of his life is the church. Like it or not. And so if we're going to, if we're going to pursue um, sharing the gospel, that, that should be a part, part of our understanding is that, that we share the gospel and then w- when the, the person responds, we, we help them walk them through an invitation of repentance. We, we help make sure they understand and, and we, we help them pray a prayer of belief, but that we also help them on their journey to be included into the family of God, that we, we invite them to church, that we find ways to get them plugged in into a community that, that can help them grow and, and understand this, this newfound relationship with Jesus. And the crazy thing is, is every single one of us is invited to do just that. Like I said at the beginning, not necessarily from a stage. And I wouldn't advise just standing up in the middle of a mall and start yelling at people. That doesn't work. I've done it. Uh, in my younger, less, you know, sometimes where, you know, in your, in your 20s, you just got a lot of zeal and not a lot of wisdom. A group of us one time walked in, this is in Youngstown, Ohio. We, we did, we walked into a mall, we were all jazzed up because this guy was doing some really cool things in our community at that time, and we, we were like, we're going to, I, we probably were reading Acts at the time, and we're just like, we're going to do it. And so we like walked into the food court of this mall, and we just started like right in the middle. We just huddled up and started like this prayer, like this like prayer meeting, like like Pentecostal, loud praying. I mean, speaking in tongues. It was, it was, and and it was like three minutes, and there was like all of the cops in the world were like shuffling us out of the building. <laughs> We didn't even get, you know, we didn't even, I'm not advising that. I am saying that, I am saying that every one of us, though, has a mission. I'm saying that every one of us, if we will, if we will pursue, if we will be open to the possibility has people in their lives that, that God wants to use us to share the gospel with. And it doesn't have to be four points in a prayer. And it's probably not going to be some stranger on the corner. It's probably going to be the, 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 maybe the person in the cubicle next to you or your cousin or the person that you sit next to on, on the bus two days a week or the, your friend at the gym or your friend in your class, in your homeroom. And so as, as we, we close today, I just want to close with a, with a, with a challenge. Um, just for this next week. Because uh, remember at the very beginning, of this, this all, it, all starts, it all starts with recognizing and having eyes to see what God is doing in other people's lives, Right? It all starts with having the Spirit within us, um, the Holy Spirit being, being in tune with, with His guidance so that we can, we, can, we can even recognize when those moments come. 
And so here's what I, I, I want to invite you to do. I'm going I'm to do it too. Um, <laughs> this can maybe be a little, sound a little weird. But um, if you would, would you mind taking, if you have car keys, would you take your car keys out of your pocket? Car keys, house keys, keys that get you in some place. Oh, jingly. We could have like a tambourine moment someday in service. I'm surprised no one's figured that out. We may have just let a bad cat out of the bag. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> but this is, this is the challenge. Um, for a moment, I'm just gonna, in a second, I'm just going to give you a second to, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to um, give you a second to kind of uh, think um, and ask the Lord to kind of show us. I want, I want, um, I want us to kind of each of us to take, take a moment and, and pray and ask the Lord to give you either one person or one place. So a person that you know that doesn't know Jesus or a place that you go that you know there are people that don't know Jesus. So it could be a specific person, you know, a coworker, or it could be at, at work. So one of those kind of two. Um, so I'm gonna get, we're gonna, in a second, we're going to pray. I'm just going to give you a second to kind of think and ask the Lord to show you what, what, where he, he would lead you. Um, and then here's the, here's the, the, the goal. Just for, for the next week, anytime you take those keys out, I want you to just take a, a second um, or a minute and pray for that person. Sometimes it's, it, it's amazing how significant if we just tie something to something we do every day. Um, and this is not, this is not, a, this is not a, a, you know, in case this feels a little weird. I have, I have good, good scriptural foundation for this. This is, this is part of why the Jewish culture has lasted as long as it has. Because God showed them how to tie their spirituality with their everyday lives. Right? This is, you could, we don't, definitely don't have time for that. But that's, the Old Testament is full of it. We can, I can show you that some other Sunday. <laughs> All right? So, this week, anytime you pull those keys out, I encourage you to, to say a prayer. Pray that, that the, the Spirit would begin, would, would continue to work, would work in their lives, that, that God would give you courage and boldness, that, that you, He would give you ideas and opportunities to talk with them. That God would, would kind of show you the part, the, maybe you need to do some, some more study, some more get into Scripture. Maybe you need to, to, to do some research and figure out, okay, well, even if I started that conversation, what if he was interested and asked how to be saved? Do I even know, do I even, like, do I even know how, to, how to pray with somebody? Do I, do I even know what that looks like? So let's just take a moment. I'm just gonna open. It. I'm just gonna pray real quick, and then just I'll just shut up for a second and let let you just kind of have a moment with Jesus. Father, we 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 come to you, God. We 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 thank you that you give us the the honor of of being the stewards of your gospel. That you call us to be your witnesses. 
Lord, and in this moment, we, we, well, first, if there's any of us, I'll, I definitely include myself in this, who, who recognize, admit that, that there are a lot of times where I just fall flat. I just do not live up to the call that you have called me to, and just, I just repent and say, God, forgive me for that. Ask that you would forgive us and, and free us from that shame, that that guilt would not in, in, uh, in any way hinder us as we move forward. And God, from this, in this moment, we, we are asking um, that you walk with us, that you empower us, Holy Spirit. We know that it is only by, by your Spirit that, that, that the gospel makes a difference. It is you, you that pierce people's hearts, not, not our fancy words, not, not us saying the right thing at the right time. Ultimately, it is your spirit touching the life of the person that we're talking to. And God, so we, we ask in this moment, would you just show each of us, would you give us a person or a place that you have called us to, that, that, that you, have, you have picked out because you are already pursuing them. You have, have a plan for them, and, and God, we open ourselves up to be a part of that, that plan, to love that person, and to, to bring, give that person the opportunity to know you. God, would you just show us in this moment who, who, who that would be or where that might be? Jesus, this week, every time we touch these keys, God, may it be us. The things that, that you want us to pray back to you, God, would you empower us to, to, to be the, the witnesses that you've called us to be? Would you remind us when we, when we get forgetful? Would you, would you supernaturally just give us divine times where we find ourselves with our keys and nothing to do but pray? that we would lay a foundation that your, your word, your gospel would, would begin to ring out in a new and mighty way, that people would hear about your love and be attracted to who you are and, and come to know you as their own Savior, as their own, as their God, not just the fact that you are God, but you would become their God. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless. We'll see y'all next week or if you're ladies, putt-putt on Saturday. I won't be there.